Welcome to the story in your head. Podcast number 14, Imaginal Moments. Hello, everybody. Today, we're going to talk about the imaginal moment. It's part three in the Macklin Connection, the steps. You know, just a quick reminder, the first one is be your stand. The second one is care and assess what help that matters. And the third one is engage and wait for the imaginal moment. Certainly, imaginal moment is not a common word in our vocabulary and what people have heard. So, Ron, what is this thing? So, we named it after the phenomenon became discovered by us. Like, we, we, like we're going like, I don't think we're the first ones to discover this, but it's like it showed up for us in a way that's like, and then we had to figure out some way to name it. And... For those who are familiar with the concept of a plus self, as somebody who's got things figured out and doesn't need help, then there's the zero self, which is the this person who's going like, well, I got it figured out unless it's really, really, really good help. Right? And then there's the minus self who has an assessment that, you know, I don't have it figured out. I need help. And to get help, I need to give good help first to get help back. Right? So those are like the three selves. And what we noticed was there was a moment when we, like we danced between all of those. Like we come from the plus zero, minus, plus, minus, zero, minus. Like in life, we just move around that way. And when we were working with somebody, we can notice that they are being a plus self. Nothing bad, just being a plus self. And then there's a space where we notice like all of a sudden they're like being a zero self or they're being a minus self. And we actually practice crafting lines and tossing lines in a way that can let somebody to discover that they're being a plus self. And then if they choose, they can become a minus self. And the imaginal moment is that moment when somebody's having an inside self dialogue that says, is that true? Is that right? What if I'm wrong? What if that's right? What if I tried that on? What would that be like? And in that moment, they shift from being a plus self to a minus self. See, they're being curious. They're always trying to learn something, discover something, create some new source of power so they can help others, so they can get help in return. Now, what that looks like to the outside world is they're so busy talking in their own heads. This is not like everybody else in the world but me. This is me too, right? And there's a space like, wow. They get really quiet. And that's a space for when we when we like when we have a language, and it's why we call it imaginal moment. We wanted to label it somehow that would make it to where we're comfortable sitting there while they're quiet. The fundamental from where it came from, actually, thanks to Joanne, she came up with the term imaginal, and it's actually there's a when a, a caterpillar goes into the cocoon and turns into a butterfly, inside the caterpillar there's a set of cells called imaginal cells. Well, somebody named them that. And at that moment when the imaginal cells trip, right, or, or they trigger, and the caterpillar builds a cocoon and turns into a butterfly. The, the imaginal cells, which were there before, act in uh, becoming part of the process and change the whole makeup of the caterpillar into a butterfly. So we noticed that that imaginal, the word imaginal, represented a moment and time when change was happening. And it was the caterpillar itself that did it. And this is like for us, it's 
It's the person who's changing their own story. And we call it that for our own space because we can get all people being quiet. We, we can make up all kinds of stories about, you know, how they don't like me or I'm not good enough or I, I, I pissed them off or I upset them or, that, you know, they're, they're making out their grocery list or who knows what we, we make up. But we make up all that stuff. But when we have a story called, oh, they're having an imaginable moment, we can wait in peace while they work through whatever they work through. And they're perfect. And there's nothing they need to work through. But it's a space where we can be at peace while they're doing that. And when they come out of an imaginal moment where they and, and have a conversation with us, it goes something like this. Could you tell me more about that? Or how does that work? Where'd you learn that? That's interesting. How would how would how did you deal with it? There's all kinds of questions that they show up as being a minus self, which means they're being curious, they're being open, they're looking, they're trying to understand, and their shields are down. And shields being the metaphor of the stories of I got it all figured out. So don't bother me. Their shields are down and they're really being curious, kind of like a five-year-old kid discovering something new. Thanks, Ron. That helps a lot. Any stories on, so I've been working this for a while and what really helped me is to observe when you don't wait, right? What happens? Because then it's like, oh, I get it now. And this happened not too long ago. And I was out at the tennis court, so you hear me saying this quite a bit. My husband's a, a retired chiropractor, and he has just one big offer of help to, to a lot of people, especially if he sees something like in their gait is off or, or something along those lines. He wants to help and realign everything and make them feel better. That's just what he does. And there was somebody on the court who had some issues with their back, and he was like, well, why don't you come over to the house? I got a table, and I'll just do a quick adjustment and make you feel better. And he was like, no. And my husband was like, no, no, really, I can really help you. I, I swear I could really, right, no. And this went on for a while. I finally had to say, well, well, maybe he's just scared or something, right, to, for my husband to accept because he was having a really hard time understanding why this person wouldn't accept his offer of help when he knows he could do it. But what I observed is when the other person's not open, it becomes a fight. And they got really offended. And we had to actually do some cleanup and some apologies on that because he goes, well, I just don't believe in it. And it's okay. That's his choice, right? And that's perfectly fine. But to see it like at a very simple example like that of not waiting, tossing the lines for the person to be open to help, because there's others that absolutely, you know, people shuffle through all the time. But wow, how offended they got when you push when the person's not open yet to that offer of help. So that, that was like the opposite side, but it was such a great small example of almost a fist fight over nothing. Mm -hmm. Yep. I've got a really long list of me doing that to other people. And I've got a really long list of me being the receiving end of help, but I'm not being a minus self and I can't see it as help. I just think it is, you're just trying to control my life. Would you just leave me alone? Could you just go away? I don't want you around here. Please go there. And the longer I continue to fight that versus to notice my own plus selfness, I can't, like I can't accept help. And then if you're a plus self, when you are a plus self, and we all are plus selves at different times, but when you are a plus self, how could you accept help? You have a story that says, I don't need help. 
Yeah. So for me, it was a great observation. Exactly. I immediately went like, where do I do that? Right. How many people have I annoyed in my lifetime over in my side? I'm thinking it's the best intentions in the world. So I think, you know, that and in the same way. Right. So it was watching it in front of me, maybe really think about myself and, and where I do that to others and, and where I am not open, where I've closed down to help. There's, 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 we can look at it from like when we're trying to toss a line to somebody else, but also when somebody's trying to toss a line to us, when we have a story that they're tossing a line to us, it's a different world. But when they come at us with it, with giving us advice, telling us what we should do, how we're doing it wrong, all of those stories versus the, oh, they're tossing a line. Okay. Let me think about that. All of those stories will create whether we're going to be uh, plus self or minus self. And when we have the imaginal moment when you can go, oh, wait a minute, wait, 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 I'm being plus self here. Then you can go, maybe they, maybe there is some help here. Can you tell me more about that? Where did you use it? To be curious, to be open, to be ready to dance versus already having it figured out or not open to help. Yeah, thanks, Ron. Any stories from your side of where, because it takes time, right? When you toss those lines, it's it's usually not seconds. It can be, but usually not, at least in my experience. Any stories of how that worked for you, how that story played out in working with somebody and tossing the lines and seeing the shift? Because it can be subtle for somebody to drop those shields and to sort of open up and be curious. There's, there's one example of somebody who I, I care for a, a lot, a close friend. I have stayed friends through all of this, right? And I kept tossing lines. Now, I think pretty sure a lot of them he made up that were rocks, right? So I would say something to him to try to be a source of help. And what he made up to him was the fact that, you know, you're just telling me what I need to do. And I don't, I've got this figured out and your life's not any better than mine. So don't, don't leave me alone. And over a period of time, as I began to figure out that, okay, so until he, he, this is a particular he, he moves from, and, and men and women both move from being a plus self to a minus self. And until he goes to a minus self, just, just shut the F up, right? Be friendly, be nice, toss a line, see where he's at, and then come back. This went on for nine years, <laughs> right? Which I got really good at being at peace with it. Like wh whenever he's ready, we're good, right? And when the moment came, right, and you begin to see he was shifting from being a plus self to a minus self, when that moment came and I was able to, to toss the line, he really just, like there was this moment where he just looked at me and he just, just, just like his brain froze. He just stared at me. Oh, my God. That was me. How did you wait nine years? And I just go, well, you know, until you're ready, right? I, I mean, trust me, I threw a lot of rocks at you. He goes, yeah, I remember that. But until you're, until the other person's ready, you, you're not, there's no reason to make an offer. And there were times like it wasn't like nine years every day, right? It was more like um, about every six months to a year would be a conversation. And we're still, I would say close friends, like we know each other about each other's lives. It's a place to share. It's a place to be with each other. Yeah. And now I can share other stories where 
there are people who I've been with that with, within like a few seconds, they went from being a plus self with their shields up to being right into the imaginal moment. And it was like, I remember reflecting on it when I got done, go, what did I say? What, what did I do? How can I do that again? As if it was me who did something that triggered them to do that, it was them. A caterpillar chooses when it's going to go from a caterpillar to butterfly. People are ready when they're ready. What I find I can do is I can throw rocks and keep them from being able to notice and choose themselves because I become an enemy or an adversary. Michelle, how about you? What, what examples for yourself? So I, I have one, again, also with a very good close friend and appreciate the Macklin connection because one of the things that is in our methodology is to peacefully wait. And I like the word peacefully, right? Because it's not just patiently wait because I can be really pissy while I'm being patient, right? <laughs> and, and that's not very useful, but peacefully. <laughs> I, I, I'm laughing with you on that one because I can be, yes, very pissy while I wait. Yeah, so um, I like the peacefully piece. And one is is working with a good friend of mine. She's an educator, long life educator all around the world. And a lot of the work that she does has always worked in physical education. What I mean by that is classroom style. People were there right in front of her. And she pretty much had a story. That was the only way to teach people, right? They had to be physically present in the situation. You know, I had a lot of experience. When I started work, I'd say within two years, I already had staff in multiple time zones. So I had to make this adjustment that being virtual had to be as good as being in person because I had no choice, right? And so develop some techniques and some ways to do that. And matter of fact, even my office hours were done virtually with chats and different things. And so my offer of help was to help her move to the, this is pre-COVID by the way, to expand and be able to teach people from around the world. And it it's something that was always a dream for her and she was, no, has to be physical, right? adamant. And I wasn't going to change that story. She had to change that story. And over time, I worked with her, then COVID hit, and she had no choice, right? Because either that or she couldn't see anybody and teach anything. And not that you have to wait for this big event, right, to, to help somebody see something, but she started to become curious about other methods. Now, she lives in Pennsylvania. I live in South Florida. So we had been doing Zoom calls prior to COVID and having, we used to have a cup of tea every Friday afternoon. So we still had our cup of teas. Okay, fine. It was done over here. I'd hold my little teacup up. So she was, saw the technology, but didn't really realize how that could help her. But she started asking more and more questions. And I said, well, why don't we just try one? Try it. So I'll host it for you, right? You just have to do what you do. And so we hosted one, then two, then three. And now I don't know how many she has. And she's like, I had somebody from Poland the other day. I had people from Seattle the other day. I had somebody from Brazil come on. This is wonderful. But when I think back and, and she thanked me for being patient and for waiting and, you know, for not abandoning her because she was just so no way. And I really enjoyed the journey with her. And I think that's the thing, right? Just to wait, it's okay. It'll come. And if it doesn't, that's okay too. She's still a good friend of mine. It doesn't matter. So that's kind of the story where that shift happened. I wouldn't say it happened in, in a minute. It happened over months. But 
yeah, it was. And now she's, she's making such a difference in the world. And what a beautiful story that is. Thank you, Michelle. Thanks for sharing. It, it really is that the imaginal moment is in complete control of the person who's having it. We, we can toss lines and create space, but that's all we can do is create space. They get to choose whether they want to have an imaginal moment or not because they could still fight you or fight themselves, however you want to hold that. That's really great. Thanks, Michelle. Yeah, Ron, any imaginal moment for you? Like you're the inventor of this, right? And working through it, but it had to come from something. Like did something happen to you where you had that moment? Well, I, I think the most significant imaginal moment in like in this storyline is like I still remember where I was standing, right? Was when like it, it hit me that I can never make a plus self do anything ever. And I was in a conversation with somebody and what I, at that moment, it was like, they, they, they were like on in a space of like, Oh, I got this. I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm in that space. And I said something, I don't have any idea what it was. And then they go, wait a minute. What was that again? Could you tell me a little bit more about that? And I was going like, like in my own self-talk was, I've told you this stuff like 15 times already. What, what do you mean? I'm not telling you anything new. I told him the exact same thing again. And they go, I want, I, want, I want next call. I want to talk about that only. And I remember sitting there like frozen in my body going like, wait a minute here. Is it really the mechanics of they get to choose whether they're open to this or not? And that's when it hit me for, for myself was like, wait a minute. Can I choose whether I'm open to things? Can I really create that in my own head? And it just shifted my world from, now when I'm in a conversation with somebody, how can I be curious? How can I be humble? How can I be vulnerable? How can I be in a space where what they have to say, I don't have my shields up. It created a new world for me where, I mean, it's it, this was 2005, 2006, somewhere around that time frame, where I began to really begin to notice I, that like the plus zero minus self opens or closes the possibilities for myself and my own world and my own learning. And then I could go, well, then I'll just become a plus self. Well, that lasted, excuse me, I'll just become a minus self. And that lasted for about 20 minutes. And then I, you know, things happen and I get triggered back and forth and it's become a, a, a practice. And I'd say the, the second one is, is a quote from John Cusack movie. I have no idea what it was, but he, he said, life's like baseball. You know, if you bat 300, you go into the whole thing. And I was, and I sat down, I go, wait a minute, let's, let's do some, some math on that. Like one out of 12 pitches that comes across you connect with, you're going to the hall of fame. I go, I can, I can be with me on that. I toss myself that line all the time and I don't try for perfection. I just keep trying. And if I can connect 30, 40% of the time, I can be open 30, 40% of the time. It opens up a whole new space for me and my world. Yeah. Thank you, Ron. What a, what a wonderful story. I love that batting average, right? It's like, we always think 98%, yes. you know, 30, 40%, you're doing pretty darn good. Yeah. I always felt like we get that from going to school, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. We got to get 90%. N nobody in life gets 90%. 
It's cool. No, you do. and you don't. You don't need to. You don't need to. You don't need to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna rephrase that just for you and I. You and I. We. We don't need to. And mm-hmm. like to hold it for myself, really personally. Yeah. I don't need to. But neither do my kids, or my wife, or anybody else that I may put some sort of standard on, without even knowing I'm doing it. Mm. Yeah. Thanks. I'll rephrase that too. Right. I don't need to. So thank you very much, Ron, on on the imaginal moment. What what it leaves me is with waiting peacefully on that and working through it. And it the thing I got out of your last story is, at least your story is, you toss the same line every single time, but one of them connected. Why that day? It depends on what happened to that person, right? Who knows? But it doesn't matter. You don't need to know exactly why. You just needed to observe it, notice it, and then move forward and work with it. Right. So to have the time, the patience and the peace to still be friends with somebody, to still work with them while you're working for that imaginal moment where they can open up for an offer of help that you have that can make a difference. I look forward to the greatest, most rewarding imaginal moments are still out in my future. They are for others and they are for me. And I'm just I look forward to the moment that they happen. That they are really rewarding for myself when I have them for myself and it opens up a space to really connect with somebody else when they do. Yeah. Thanks, Ron. And you never know where or when it'll happen, but you have to be prepared <laughs> and open. I got it. So thanks. Thanks. I appreciate the conversation today. And I think that's it for today. Great. Thanks. And if you're listening to the podcast and you have questions about imaginal moments, don't hesitate to send us an email at ron at macklinconnection.com or michelle at macklinconnection.com. And we look forward to hearing from you if you have had an imaginal moment or noticed other people or just what showed up from you from the story today. Thank you, everyone. Have a wonderful day. Thanks. Thank you all for listening today. Please take a moment to subscribe to the story in your head on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. Thank you all, and we'll see you next time. 